Welcome to the Bar Time Podcast, episode two. If you weren't here with us last time, I'm here with Manny Fernandez, Joseph Cruz, and myself, Eloy Fernandez. So Hi. honestly, let's just get into it. Manny, what do you got for us today? Uh, well, this week was kind of a slow news week, but really big for Warner Brothers, actually. So we're going to start off with the biggest movie to open up this weekend, um, and that recently broke uh, box office opening records for October. So we're going to be talking about The Joker. Um, Which we also, by the way, watched today. Yeah, we just we just came back from watching The Joker. So, initial thoughts, guys? Well, all I gotta say is, wow, Joaquin Phoenix. Oh, and a side wow. note, uh, we're gonna not discuss spoilers in the first part of our podcast and then have a spoiler discussion at the end. So, you can listen. We're not gonna say any spoilers. All I'm saying is Joaquin Phoenix needs to win an award for that movie because the acting was phenomenal. Like, when he was actually, like, up on like that stage and like you actually felt so bad for him like I literally felt it yeah let's just say that the movie has a lot of scenes that are like it's not made to make you happy or anything it's like there's many uncomfortable spots you know a lot of issues that we have today so it's a really it's a, it's a hard watch don't get me wrong like it is a it hard is, thing to watch and if you're and if you're going in expecting like an action movie like a Batman movie that's not what you're getting like the first, I would say, other than the last 20 minutes, it's a very slow burn. Uh-huh. It's really, and it's a one-man show. Like, it's completely Joaqu- Joaquin Phoenix's movie. Um, like, the supporting characters in the movie are, like, not even, they're barely there. Like, it, you, it's just Joaquin Phoenix the entire time. See, that's where I think the problem is, is, like, if you're going in, th- some people are all going in thinking it's going to be, like, that action movie, like, mm-hmm. typical, like, what Joker would be doing. So then they come out and they're like, oh, that was boring. And it's like, but that's not the point of the movie. It's, yeah. it's a completely different movie. It's in like in my eyes, it's a complete like one hundred percent tragedy. Like the the movie is a is a drama and it's a tragedy. It's not an action movie at all. So and then also like when it comes to like like how like the media is portraying it and like like how violent it is and stuff, it's not even that it's like super violent. Like you'd probably see it's, more it's dark. dark. It's very yeah. dark. Like you see more violence in other movies, but like what happens in the movie is just so realistic. But that's what's like scary about it you know like it's about like the correlation with real life you know like obviously john exactly. wick like you know in that article that they talked about like oh no one says anything about john wick and everything the thing is john wick is like no one's gonna do that like i'm sorry that doesn't that's not yeah it happen. never happens yeah. like there, there's no like, that's not a real problem we have we yeah. don't have a guy running around a suit in some weird city that i don't know where he is yeah just like killing everybody and it's funny because like you know you have john wick which has a hotel full of assassins in new york city but then you have that's hilarious yeah but then you have the joker in gotham city which is a fake city but somehow it's more realistic like it deals with like more real issues than than john wick obviously yeah i think it's good that it touches up on those like issues of like mental and yeah they're they're real like they're real issues and stuff i mean it is pretty sad you know like it's the truth it kind of Kind of shows, because honestly, I would say that the first thing when government comes to cut something because they got to, it's definitely like mental health and mm-hmm. stuff like yeah. that. So the really the biggest takeaway from the movie is is mental health, and it's like it's and obviously like like what people joke about obviously is the fact that like the movie's like blaming society for the Joker, but I mean it's kind of true. Like that's what that's what the movie's trying to send. Like that's the message it's yeah. trying to send. Because we like you really, and this is really isn't a spoiler. It's just more of kind of like just like going into the movie, like he's not gonna be the Joker until the last 20 minutes. Like, I, think, I think it always depends. Yeah. It depends on how you watch the movie. If you watch it as it is, 
then you're going to get the wrong idea from it. But if you look beyond what's happening and kind of find the real message in Mm -hmm. it, like you'll understand the underlying issues that they have in it. And it's obviously like, it's not like, it's obviously going for like an awards contending movie. Like you can, like you can tell, like that's like, that's the kind of movie. Oh, by the way, guys, I got ID to watch that movie today. Like that was really tough. Like I still get ID for like <laughs> games, like, all that stuff. And I'm about to be 20 years old. Cruz and I were chilling though. So. Yeah, I didn't get ID. Um, yeah, I feel like I, mean, I guess I look like a baby. I feel like the biggest difference between like the Joker, like how we saw him before and how we saw him now, is like oh, it's completely different. Yeah, like they're not the same Joker. Like Heath Ledger in The Dark Knight is not as good. Like it's just a completely different like. It's a completely different take. Yeah, exactly. Like, they're not. Them. Yeah, exactly. Like they're not comparable. Roles, yeah, because you know? like he hadn't he hadn't started being the Joker until like Skimmy. So like you're seeing before well, yeah, that. Once you see, what you see that. it's the Joker. Like all he does is like he's just like the badass villain that's just doing his mm-hmm. character, you know. And but then you Joaquin Phoenix, you see like, you know, like the darkness of what like how he got there, you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. and when this movie came out, the big complaint was that like we've never seen a Joker origin story because in the comics, like fans like to think of Joker as like this figure that just came out of nowhere as just a product of Gotham but like like that concern I feel like is completely like blown out of the water like I, I just like now I can't even imagine like an origin story that's not this like yeah, like no, I, I, I feel was, like it was just perfect that was a crazy origin story I yeah. have to say I honestly like I went into that movie thinking I'd know what I would see mm-hmm. but like I was still shocked by watching it yeah like every like I, I remember we were in the movie theater and like every time something happened, I'd look to the left and look at you be like, with my jaw dropped, I'd be like, wow, like yeah. what just happened in this movie? Like, it's actually shocking. And that's, and that's really like, like what makes you uncomfortable like throughout the movie is like, like the mental illness and then him interacting yeah. with other people. And like, you feel bad for him, but at the same time, it's like, like, wow, like the people that like, like the society really like created this, like, like, what he's going through, like, really created, like, what he becomes at the end of the movie. I, I honestly think if anything you should take from this movie is, like, we gotta take care of our people, man. Yeah. Like, everyone's and gotta just be nice to each other and treat everyone nice. Yeah, and, and, like, it can be misconstrued, so I understand, like, why it's a concern for, like, people going into this movie. Yeah, I would not recommend it for people who have... That are struggling with Struggling with some yeah. sort of mental issue. It is a really tough movie watching them for someone who isn't. It's so honestly um, more of a movie for people that don't have mental illness. It's more. Of, it's kind of like a... I don't know if anybody would say this, but like, if anything, I think it's kind of like an awareness, like a mental awareness movie. It like is. And that's what people have to take from it. Like, it's not... It's not a movie that like is out there like just trying to like glorify violence, which you can take that as an interpretation. Yeah. Which is that's that's like the scary part about it. But I really feel like what Todd Phillips is trying to do is just trying to make it yeah. like make like a fictional character that's the most popular villain of all time. Oh, of course. And yeah. make that into a statement, sure. which I think he does a good job. Like the movie isn't trying to tell you to like be like the Joker, it's trying to show you like how the Joker got to the point where he was. Yeah. And, like, it's honestly the, the fault of people who don't have any money. And I told Chris this earlier, I don't know if I told you, but Todd Phillips' other biggest movie was working for The Hangover. That's what he did. Wow. Before this movie was really? The Hangover. That was his biggest movie. Wow. Did he do all the movies? I'm not sure, actually. Or did he just do the first one? He did. Oh. I mean, I'm not, not going to lie. Yeah. This, this could have been shot. I'm not looking up Hangover. This could have been shot in, in 720p. And it still would have been an outstanding performance because Joaquin Phoenix was the movie. Like, there was no other character. Like, that was the guy. Did you do all three, though? Mm, 
right now we're looking to see what other movies. Uh, yeah. Todd Phillips. Oh, so he did all of them. He did all three. Oh, he did all three of them. He wow. did do all three. Hangovers. Wow. So going from that, that's a big difference. <laughs> hangover to yeah. the yeah. to Joker. And I wonder the preparation, like you know, the mindset has to be different going into a movie like that. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we could talk about some some of the other people in this movie. Um, I think Robert De Niro made the biggest impression on me. Other than, I mean, obviously, yeah. So other than like everybody else in the movie, I think Robert De Niro did a really good job. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Like you know, you usually see him in like one particular role, like you know, like the crime, like mob type uh-huh. movies, you know. Or sometimes so, like he plays like the good guy, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in this one, he was just like. He's just a different character. He's like, just like, yeah, he's just completely different And he does, a, and he, and he does a, he does a really but it's good. He's, he's showing his diversity, yeah. you know? Like, it, it doesn't matter how old you are. This guy's showing you can do multiple things. Exactly. And then we had, uh, like, Zazie Beats playing the, the love interest, which she was, she's been in, she was in Deadpool. Do you remember that? She was Domino. Oh, Deadpool, yes. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember Yeah. But yeah, she did a really good job, too. But I gotta say, well, yeah, but really, Felix, like, it's you're a, listening to this ever, you're a genius. Yeah, he's like wow. I mean, I know that I know there's a debate. It's like oh, like Yo, Heath Ledger or Joaquin Phoenix. It's like, dude, like they're both great actors. They both did amazing jobs with what they had their roles. They had completely different roles. Completely, completely different roles. To me, there's no comparison. There really isn't. No, I have to agree with that. There is no there. There's no one best Joker. There's two different sides of Joker, and. They each did a different part, and they both did it perfectly. Yeah. So, so we also saw another um, <laughs> this week, <laughs> which oh um, which obviously came out a while ago, but we just saw Midsommar, which came out uh, wow. yeah this year, I think. That has and, to be uh, the most shocking movie I watched the year. Yeah. So we kind of wanted to compare it a little bit, like like obviously they're both like th- like kind of like thrillers and like horror in their own way, kind of. But like obviously, creepy, really the creepiness. It's not even yeah. like pop out scary. I mean, but I have to creepy. say, I have to say, Midsommar is way more like violent and okay. Yes, way, guys, like, keep your kids away from Midsommar. Yeah, honestly, that's that, that's, that's the not a movie that sh- they should be watching. Yeah, and if you are very sensitive to gruesomeness or yeah. creepiness, like don't watch it. Ari Aster, though, director, incredible. Oh yeah, I, that, it, it was so beautiful. Written watch. and directed by him. The cinematography was amazing. Out of out of this world. But I have to say that. Midsommar, wow, like, that movie had me sitting at the edge of the couch the entire time. I don't think I've ever seen anything like it. Yeah. Like, I'm sure we can spoil this one, right? Cause yeah, I can't already it. Yeah. If you haven't seen the movie, like, wow. Let me tell you, that sex scene that they have, that's the craziest scene. I've never seen anything like I, I didn't even know what to think about that. Yeah, honestly. I really didn't. Yeah. But I'm not going to lie, at first I watched it and I was kind of like, this is just a whole bunch of random stuff, like, I don't even get it. But then I, I read about it a little bit. Yeah. And I, I get it. It makes sense. I think that's it makes the, sense. Like, the craziest thing about it is the amount of research that uh, this yeah. guy did to make the movie. And, like, it, it's just... If you guys don't know, the director's goal for this movie was to, like, show that, obviously, life is pretty violent and it's full of savagery. And you have to look savagery in the face and smile at it. Yeah. So it's kind of like accepting the fact that the world's cool, but making the best out of it. Even though yeah. I don't, I didn't see any which, of anything. Which now movie. that you say that, is kind of the opposite of what Joker is trying to do. Yeah, that is that is very true. Yeah. He's going the wrong direction. Yeah, the, the Joker is the complete opposite of that. That's really yeah. That. But Midsommar, crazy movie. I recommend if you're if you're really into. And this is also like I said with the Joker, you have to watch it with a second lens. You can't look yeah. at it how it is. There's more to the meaning than what you're watching. Okay, so to wrap up our, our Joker talk, um, you want to go around like out of 10? 
like like what do you, like how would you rate it out of ten? Like a just off final impressions, first viewing. Like what would you think? Hmm, that's tough because I don't I, I don't want to say it's a ten because it's not the best movie ever. I'm, no, I'm assuming that a ten is the best movie ever, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. So I would have to say. Was your best movie ever? No, like what would you rate it from one to ten, Chris? I would go up there though. It would go I would up there. Eight and a half, nine. Even though this cruise, by the way, cruise fell asleep in like the middle of the movie for ten minutes. That's a nudge of a little bit to wake up. <laughs> but then I, I, it is I, a slow let me tell you though, it is a slow At the end of the movie, cruise was like his eyes were wide open, like was he was shocked time. also. So that's when you know. I was just super tired from the night before. So. <laughs> well, I would say I would say I give this about an eight point five to a nine. Eight point five to nine. Yes. Yeah. Being 10, that is the nine. I, I just think, like, acting, Joaquin Phoenix is just really good. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's just, like, it blows He's my still, mind. He has to win like, an award. It, it really blows he my mind. He has to win an award. Yeah. Like, I, I want to know the preparation that went into him becoming that character because yeah. that could not have been easy. Yeah. It really doesn't. For me, I give it a 9 out of 10. Um, the only reason I wouldn't give it 10 is just because, like, sometimes I feel like, like Todd Phillips is trying to do, like, like he's trying really hard and sometimes it's really obvious that he's like trying really hard to make it like an awards movie you know what i'm saying so other than that like that's why and obviously like i can see where it could be taken as a glorification of violence which that's not the message but i can see where people can get that and the fact that that's still part of it kind of like brings it down a little but yeah i'd give it a nine out of ten wait so did uh did dc comics make this movie or they just endorsed it no, so this is a DC movie. So basically, okay, so what's going on is that the DC movies are really, like, fractured right now. Um, because well, basically what happened was that oh, well, at one they point... They Justice League, right? Yes. That movie sucked. Yeah. That was terrible. So let me give you a little a little history. A little history on... Yeah, we have, we on, have our, our, our superhero with Buffalo here. Yeah. So DC movies, obviously we had the Nolan trilogy of Batman, which was completely different from what they're doing now. Um... And so they started off their, their universe with Man of Steel, I believe in 2013. So they were kind of trying to do a catch up to Marvel um, by creating their own cinematic universe, but they kind of left it in the hands of Zack Snyder, which obviously wasn't the best idea. And they kind of tried to rush it with Batman v Superman. Then they had Wonder Woman, Suicide Squad, and Justice League. So all those movies are in the same universe. Um, but obviously they, uh, Justice League was a flop at the box office. Uh, you know what I think? I think the reason why Justice League was a flop, because if they would have taken the approach they would have for the Batman movies and the Joker, yeah. I think it could have been good, the, but they took the, the approach of like, let's make this like the Avengers. Yeah, so the problem was that they like, they put in, like they got the Marvel formula, which is like a 22 movie formula, and tried to condense it down into like four movies, and then come out with Justice League, which is a problem because like obviously the characters needed time to for people to get to know them and also DC characters are so different from Marvel like the like you like most people know the Justice League like the characters without even watching a movie like you know who Superman is you know who Batman yeah. is you know who Wonder Woman and is I feel like I feel like you know who the Flash is I feel is. like Marvel's very different because they're oh my Disney so they're gonna be more family based I'd course. be down for a and Flash movie though that's coming but really we'll see about mm -hmm. that yeah well when more news comes out we'll talk about that but so yeah, and, and also they're darker characters. It's just really hard because also the general audience doesn't know any Marvel characters other than the movies. So they had a clean slate to work with. DC, like people are fans of Superman, people are fans of Batman, so everybody's gonna have an opinion. Um, but we do have another movie coming out, which is 
in that same DC brand, which is a spinoff of Suicide Squad. So we have Birds of Prey and the Emancipation and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn, which is a really long title. Um, but it's very Harley Quinn. So is she, is she's producing and directing this, isn't she? Right? She's not. She's not directing this. Uh, Kathy Yan is directing it, but she is a producer on the movie. Okay. Uh, a little background. Uh, basically, the Birds of Prey is a all-female superhero team from the comics originally. Batgirl, Barbara Gordon, um, Black Canary, and Huntress. So, Batgirl isn't in this movie, but we're adding Harley Quinn to the mix. And uh, we're basically, there was some beef with this because, like, there was a storyline from Suicide Squad 2, which was basically that they're, they're helping out a girl that's been kidnapped, a little girl that's been kidnapped. Um, so, Margot Robbie kind of stole that and Suicide Squad 2 crew kind of like left and now we have James Gunn taking on Suicide Squad I'm not gonna Squad lie though, this will be an interesting one. I like how they're getting so, into each character, you know, like they're, yeah. they're t- making individual movies for each character. Yeah, so this so, so this movie is really focused on Harley Quinn, obviously, um, and a trailer just came out this week, so that's what we're gonna watch right now. And we're gonna watch it and we'll be back to give you our thoughts. So we just watched the trailer for Birds of Prey, and I have to say it looks like uh, it's a movie I'd watch. I mean, we're gonna watch it, so yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm for sure gonna watch it. I mean, I think this movie is gonna make or break Margot Robbie. I really do think so too. It, it's huge on her just because of the amount of responsibility that she's been given on this movie. She's gotta act and produce. Yeah. So. So and then also a few posters came out this week, as well. Which, if you notice. Uh, have We're looking no, at the posters right now. Have no other characters but Harley Quinn. Um, so it's it's really big on Margot Robbie. This movie is is huge for her. I mean, it's crazy to see how how how, how fast Margot Robbie has like gone accelerated her mm-hmm. career. Like she went from being a side piece in Wolf of Wall Street to having her own movie, producing it. Yeah. And so that was uh, Wolf of Wall Street wasn't even that long ago, was no, it? Really I think it was like 2013. Yeah, like that's crazy. Pretty that's long. Ago. Absolutely crazy. I mean, it's 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 a while ago, but still, like, it's impressive. Yeah, she she's she's been on the come up for a while. So I mean, my thoughts on it are I'm really excited, obviously, because I'm a DC fan, but I'm really worried about like the other characters. I was about to say that I don't know if they can pull it off in the movie. Um, I'm a really big uh, Black Canary fan, so. Like, when I look at Black Canary in this, like, I just don't see the character. Like, so, like, and she hasn't really given, she hasn't been given a lot to work with, obviously, like, from what I see. So I'm a little worried about, like, their looks. Like, she just doesn't have, like, the costume. Like, even Huntress doesn't even have the same costume from the comics. So that's a little upsetting to me. But I'm costumes are really important, you know? Like, imagine Superman without his Superman costume. Yeah, but also it's different because, like, both of you guys didn't know anybody else in this movie other than Harley Quinn. Yeah, that's So it doesn't really matter for the general audience because they don't know who they are anyway, so they're just going to assume that, like, that's what they are. But I really hope they're they're done well because... (coughs) And and then the other actresses, like... um, Rosie Perez, which is playing Renee Montoya, uh, is is like a pretty famous actress. But other than that, like everybody's like pretty B C tier list. And I think 
And like in my opinion, that was done like as to not shine, outshine Margot Robbie. Like that's what it clearly seems to me. So I don't know. I'm excited for it, but we're definitely gonna watch it. But we'll let you know how we feel about it when it comes. Yeah. I mean, but I mean, I think I think from the trailer, it looks like it's gonna be a good movie. And then another thing to point out is that. So Joker is a completely different, like from what they're doing now, it's a completely different universe. Like this is like so another, this, is not this has Joker, Phoenix's world. Joker has nothing to do with Birds of Prey, like, or any of the other movies going forward. They might do sequels to Joker and they might like, cause, cause right now what's happening with DC is that they're super fractured. They have this universe, right? They have the Joker universe. And they have the upcoming Batman one. So it's kind of hard to intertwine all of them. Exactly. Standalone, they might be great, but DC right now isn't going for the shared universe. They're just trying so to make. They're not going for like the Marvel. Let's make. Mm-hmm. They're just trying to. They're movies. just trying to go for like making one good movie at a time, which I think is a good approach for them because they don't need to copy Marvel. But I mean, I, I think DC has the opportunity to make movies just as good as Marvel because they have a kind of like I'm not gonna say different audience, but like obviously like the joker isn't something so people who watch marvel movies can all watch like, i mean yeah there's it's little a kids who love iron man like they can't watch the joker like, yeah, yeah so they have an opportunity to appeal to like the older crowd marvel is all like children and stuff so i agree and there's but this one looks like it kind of has like a little bit of a marvel vibe where they have gonna have those cheesy jokes in there yeah like this is this this movie looks like it's, it's more, more towards PG thirteen type. It's a fun movie. Yeah, it's supposed it's, to be. It's a not. Fun it doesn't look like a very dark movie. It's not for you to sit down there and reflect on. Yeah. That. I just want you guys to know that we close at one tonight. All right, thank you. Sorry, that was the lady that told us we have to get out of here. So, just ignore her voice. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that. as we were saying, honestly, we'll see how it goes and. Honestly, we'll yeah, for, for Birds of Prey, we're going to see how it is. I mean, overall, like for right now, I'm pretty positive about it. But we'll see how it develops from here. Uh, so in other news, we have, we're switching over to TV for a little bit. Boo. We got uh, The Walking Dead being double boo for season 11 on AMC. They should just stop. I'm sorry, yeah, I, I stopped watching. Stop. Walking I got Dead, so bored. It was hype, it was hype, like, towards me. When, when they had that prison, when they had the, prison the, the prison season, like... That was a crazy season, but then after that, I, w- I cannot watch an episode of that. I yeah, wouldn't fall asleep. I feel like after they killed Gwen, I was really just like, yeah. Like, it's not like they even had, like... They didn't have to kill Gwen. It wasn't though, even yeah, like yeah. they had, like, like a lot of content. It was like you just seeing their daily life every day. I was so bored. Yeah, sometimes... I don't want to see planting crops. Slow. I don't care. This is a zombie TV show. Yeah. Let's, let's see some action. We want to see some zombies. Exactly. Yeah. I don't want to see them building yeah, a house think- or fighting a new society. I want them to... Mm-hmm. Have some action, but after that they kind of like straight away from it. And I don't it's know. been really like strung along, and like I just feel like it's just yeah, like, yeah. Like they just keep on extending like, it just because it's I'm a popular pretty, show. Like I'm pretty sure that. And I do not, I do not like uh, Rick Sun in, in in Walking Dead. I do not like that actor whatsoever. I haven't really seen the newest one. Yeah, I can't even really tell you. I just throughout all of it, I do not. Well, like honestly, that actor. they even like they went past like what the like the graphic novels doing like you know it was based on the graphic novel and yeah, like yeah it's yeah. completely like off the rails from that so yeah it's, it was completely different like it, like it had some correlation to the comics but like it wasn't really like perfectly connected so like it was a little weird so like yeah. they didn't have to obviously they can just keep on going because it's kind of a different storyline well you guys we were saying we'd watch birds of prey and all these things but i will not be watching walking dead season 11 yeah, yeah that's for sure i have better things to do than watch that yeah. 
Um, I just so do not agree at all. I think they should just stop it. I think it's too long. Yeah. I think their their, their fan base. I think their fan base has died a little bit. You know, their fan base is definitely. I remember. I remember a couple years ago they had horror nights in Universal Studios. They had Walking Dead be the main event like two times, and I can tell you, I went the first time. It was pretty good, but the second time it was just like I'm tired of this. Yeah, this, I really this saw Walking Dead like, once. Yeah, like let's get let's get some new stuff. I just going. feel like aren't the actors like sick of just doing Walking Dead? Like, don't they just want to get off that? I feel like they don't do anything but the Walking Dead. I know, but they probably made enough money to like. Oh, of course, that's dude. Walking Dead, that is very popular. That's what I'm saying. So like, show. They for sure I mean, I don't know about it now, but I know that they have a huge. They definitely built a huge fan base for that. Hopefully, they can keep it. But uh, let's get on to Sesame Street on HBO Max. Yeah, so in other Warner Brothers news, we have uh, HBO Max, which is the streaming service coming out soon. I'm not sure what really Wait, so did Max and HBO mix? So basically what's happening is that this is another Netflix, Disney Plus, Hulu. Um, Damn, you're going to have to buy like a thousand subscriptions yeah. to watch shows now. Like, what so is this? basically, uh, well, really like the biggest story coming out of HBO Max before was that Friends was t- taken off net is being taken off Netflix to go to HBO Max because they're owned by Warner Brothers. So this is Warner Brothers' answer to the Disney Plus, basically. So they own HBO. I will never be a Disney Plus member. <laughs> I, I hear that from my mouth. I will never Disney. If you're listening to me, pay me a million dollars, and I will not be a Disney Plus member. <laughs> Actually, pay me a million dollars, I will. But Honestly, very excited for all the Marvel shows on Disney Plus, but I really don't want to get Disney Plus. No, like I do not want to see dis. I want to see diversity. You want to yeah. see things made by different people. You don't want to see something made just by Disney. Come so the, the Sesame Street thing is basically like, you're gonna have all of wh- how many ever seasons there are of uh, Sesame, Street. Sesame Street, which I mean, that's a lot. Like, there's <laughs> a lot of seasons of Sesame Street that you're gonna be able to watch. So obviously, it's still gonna come out like publicly like the did you ever watch like sesame street as a kid i don't even remember sesame i don't know big bird there's 4481 episodes yeah wow that's insane wow wait they're gonna remake all of them no no this no, isn't no, a remake they're just they're, like them. sesame street is still ongoing so basically it's still oh, gonna come oh, out okay it's still gonna come out but like like on live tv but if you want to go rewatch it you're gonna have to go to HBO. There's Max. 49 seasons. 49 seasons, yeah. What's the longest lasting show? Like that has to be one of them. I mean, I'm sure. Like, Isn't Crazy Anatomy one of those? I no, definitely not as no. much as not as much I mean, as. Yeah, I guess. There's not 49 seasons. But it's like they, I guess they have the iconic characters like Big Bird. And oh my God! No way. The Simpsons. Oh, oh yeah. But, but Sesame Street still has more episodes. Yeah, I think I think that means pri- like primetime TV. Oh. Is is uh, that's cool though? Simpsons a great yeah. show though. I mean, yeah, I really. Like I prefer Family Guy though. How personally. long has Simpsons been up there? How many seasons is that? That's probably like what, like twenty something. Wow, Sesame Street's been on the air for seventy years. That's oh my god! You see, like, okay, that was definitely. That well, they're definitely doing something right. So it's the longest running children's show. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Sesame Street's so famous. They're yeah. definitely doing something right. Yeah, they are. But I don't know. I'm definitely not going to be watching yeah. Sesame Street either. Yeah. So, so I mean, I think I think the good thing though about HBO Max is that at least like, I mean, people are already subscribed to HBO, so I'm pretty sure HBO Max is just going to be a little bit more, and then you're going to get all that content also, so which that, which is kind of you're going to spend about like a thousand dollars on TV every month just yeah. to make sure you got Disney Plus, Netflix, Netflix, Hulu, HBO Max. Then you got if you want to watch sports, then. Screwed. You gotta get Red Zone, thirty dollars a month. 
guys get MLB, NBA, TV. Yeah. Life is expensive, and so is TV. <laughs> Clearly. Yeah. Right. Oh, and then I mean, yeah, after you already know how I feel how expensive the movies are. So yeah, we don't even need to talk about that again. But you know, whatever. Go broke for for watching for entertainment. Why not? But uh, I mean, I, I do. You, I don't. I don't know the if people only are gonna reason. Okay, so they're gonna do for me that exactly. Since I'm such a big DC fan, like I'm the only subscription that I pay for. Not my parents. Like my parents pay for Netflix and Hulu and a lot. Like I actually pay for DC Universe, which is the whole like I actually. I think you know, the acting is terrible. I know, I know, I know. Yeah, they're all so bad. It's a guilty, it. it's a guilty just, pleasure. Like, I just can't know. watch it. I, I, I guess you, since you know all the because, characters. Because the thing is, okay, listen, listen. I get, I get all DC original shows on there, and I get all the comics, or a lot of comics, for free. Well, I mean, obviously for $75 a year, but that's it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I'm willing to pay for that. Well, the other thing is, though, that um, there's already one of those original shows that's going to HBO Max since they're owned by the same people. Uh-huh. So I'm just waiting for DC Universe to merge with HBO Max so I can just get HBO Max. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because I'd much rather just have HBO Max and pay like. So which which thing. which subscriptions are you paying for? Have all of them but Disney? Um no, like I'm not gonna pay for CBS All Access. Oh, they're coming out with one too. No, what? That's already Dude. been up for a while. Has been up. I can't keep up. I actually I by can't. accident. Uh, paid for a month of CBS All Access. What, you put your credit card information by accident? No, because I wanted to watch The Twilight Zone, <laughs> uh, which is only on CBS All Access. That sounds good, though. I mean, it's okay. It's entertaining. I stopped. They, I just stopped get, kinda, they get kind of repetitive, It's though. not. It's not worth anything. Oh, of course. It's not worth any subscription. Like, yeah. I, I got it for, like, the 30-day thing so I could watch, like, the first season. And but honestly, it's a day it. and age of Google, yeah. so who needs subscriptions, right? Mm-hmm. But whatever... So, so not that much so really not that much news this week those are like the major major headlines coming out of the entertainment world um but we are gonna talk about joker spoilers now so we're gonna give a spoiler warning for all you guys thanks for watching if you haven't seen joker uh we're just the rest of the podcast is gonna be all spoilers so if you haven't seen it see you later see you next episode peace all right guys so welcome back uh, we are talking Joker spoilers. I did a really deep dive on uh, the whole film. Uh, really during, deep dive during the break, like that full, we took. full body dive. Uh, yeah, so a lot of research done into this. So we're gonna start off with something I learned, which is that the score of the film. And for those of you that don't know what a score is, it's basically like the instrumental part of the movie, like not the sound. Like it's like a soundtrack, but just instrumentals. It was made before the movie, actually, with the script, and that, and that, like Todd Phillips said, that they did that in order to like influence the actors and obviously Joaquin Phoenix. And it was perfect because his dance moves were insane. Like I yeah. went to get up in the middle of the movie and kind of dance. That was the only part I could really relate with him, kind of like. Really. Like not not like there's some aspects you can relate to, but because I mean the dancing is weird, like yeah, but he's got some he's, he's, he's got, got smooth yeah like he's, he's smooth some, about it, you know yeah. he's not like yeah, yeah. he's not like robotic, you know he he's got some sick moves. Imagine if he was like whipping it in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be hilarious. Um. So and the next thing is like one of the most memorable quotes I think from the movie is "You get what you deserve," which is like is like really powerful. It's not my favorite line, but it's like. A super powerful line and uh just as a reminder joker says that like right before he shoots murray and by the way by that that scene like you kind of know he's gonna do it but like it still shocks you somehow yeah like when when he when he goes on that talk show and 
and shoots him, it's like, and we'll get into more of that later. Like just that scene in general, we'll do a whole breakdown on that scene. But like, it like for some reason it was like still shocking, even though we knew that something was gonna happen. Like it's kind of crazy how after he admitted to to killing the three people in the beginning of the movie on the subway, that like he didn't take him off. Like he kept interviewing him after that. Yeah, exactly. Like that's and how it, interested he was. Yeah, in and it just goes to show that like. Like, a lot of, like, these people in power, and especially people with shows like this, are just willing to, like, do whatever just to get views. Like, it doesn't really matter, like, what the subject's about or, like, what they're talking about. Like, they'll string it along as long as... And it's kind of like in the beginning, in the before he goes on stage and, you know, uh, Murray goes to the back and kind of talks to the Joker. Yeah. Like, before. Like, he he basically tries to act all nice. Like, he kind of likes him. But, like... He, he acts like he doesn't know that he's there just to embarrass him. Yeah, of course. And then, and then as soon as he gets on, it's like a complete... It's just him embarrassing him the entire time. I remember, like, the first awkward joke he says, like... Yeah. It's just, like, it's so awkward, like, but then, and uncomfortable. Like, it's funny because as soon as I think he realizes, like, obviously how it, when he admits to the killings on the subway, like, his mood changes completely, like... Like he and, gets and, super and he's not defensive. joking around it. Like he's, yeah. he's actually like it looks like everything that has yeah. messed up his life. He's bringing out no all and, on and, the table. And Murray gets super defensive also. Oh yeah, it's because he's kind of he, like going against his ego. He's saying like, "Oh, you don't know me, like, yeah. but I do know you. You're the guy that takes me, and all exactly. you care about is your show and making fun of me to get your viewers up and make people like your show." So yeah. it's kind of like he, they're basically saying this is like a portrayal of like, oh, like the 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 powerful use like the poor to like justify themselves and kind of make them like they use the, the the people to like make themselves famous or to make themselves more popular so it's kind of like they build off people's like flaws and people's issues yeah and i guess that's what it's trying to kind of say like screw Murray, you know and then the the crazy part about this quote is that the the same quote is used when he's about to shoot the Waynes uh, when one when like one of the protesters is about to shoot the Waynes so I mean it's also kind of connecting like obviously like Joker like like spurred the 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 whole movement even though it was already happening but he really gave a face to it and then it just connects them like really well um and then and then you get to see a different side of Thomas Wayne too like as soon as he was about to be shot like he turns into a completely different person you know yeah, but so, they don't. He doesn't. The guy doesn't even give him a chance to speak. He just shoots him. Yeah, he just he just goes. And around. then the wife was just standing there, pretty much. Yeah. So we're gonna talk about Martha Wayne now. Like, so basically, she has no lines in the film at all. Like, zero. Zero. Like, I you just, did not hear her say a word except ah when yeah. she gets shot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just you just see her and whatever at the end, but so that's really a commentary on on indifference and like how. People like r- just really don't care what's going on around them, and they're willing to let the people next to them do whatever they want. And like, even though they're they're not actually perpetrating the violence, like they're still letting it happen. So she's still complicit, and she dies because she didn't do anything. Like she from an action. Um, and I also find it kind of crazy in that scene where where Thomas and uh, Thomas and the wife are shot and. Uh, Bruce Wayne, aka Little Batman, yeah, like is just standing there, not crying, nothing. He's just like his face doesn't, ch- his face kind of his. They don't show any emotion for yeah. for Bruce Wayne in that movie. And then it gets into the thoughts of which we're gonna talk about at the end, the sequel. 
like what I really want to see for a sequel, which we'll get into that later, but I want to see like where Batman struggles with mental illness because he definitely has to. I mean, I mean, I feel like that's the whole reason he is Batman. Of course. Because he struggled with the fact that someone killed his parents and that Gotham's messed up. Yeah. So, I mean, and that's he's in a position crazy. where he can help. So, right, I, I really he's want rich. to see the flip side of it. Yeah, he's rich. of course, yeah. <laughs> so, um, and then, another thing about this movie that the themes, obviously, are completely ripped from the headlines. Like, they're, they're things that happen all the time. And I really didn't think that it, this happened all the time. But when they talk about uh, Arthur getting abused as a kid when he finds, like, the paperwork... Um, and they say, and that, by the way, Arthur is the Joker. Yeah, they say that you know he was that his mom's boyfriend at the time let him let him like tie Arthur to a radiator, which is which is like obviously a form of abuse, and he abused him. But that's that actually happens. Yeah, it's true. Abuse happens every single day. Like, like kids, kids get tied to radiators. Like, like that's insane. Like, I just, I, I was, I was just like shocked about that. Like. That's something that actually happens. And often. by the way, another thing this kind of shows is that, like, mental illness just leads to more issues if it's not dealt with, you know? Yeah. It's kind of like, this guy has mental illness, no one cares and no one helps him, mm-hmm. so then it just carries on yeah. to the and, people and he's around. And with his mom. I mean, she's the one letting it happen, and she's the one, she's also struggling from mental illness, and no one's taking care of her, and then she has a, she adopts a kid, and then that kid gets abused, and then... Has a mental and by the way, the mom suffers. She's delusional and she's narcissistic. Yeah. So I mean, so do we? And then that also begs the question: Do we think that Arthur is Thomas's son or not? That is a tough one. It's really they it's don't really like really they hard. confuse you so much in the movie because that you don't know. You really don't know because honestly, until like the end where he finds that picture, so he finds a picture yeah. of his mom. And then on the back it says, uh, you know, uh, I love your smile, Thomas Wayne. So, like, that's, that's like, you the whole time, because, like, at first you think it is. And then you kind of figure from, like, his interactions with, like, Thomas Wayne that it probably isn't. I think where it gets confusing is when, okay, so you see that when he, uh, when Arthur gets the files... Yeah, and he he looks through him and it shows the adoption paper. They do a little flashback of the interview with his mother, and it's her saying that oh that was set up by Thomas Wayne so that it would never be yeah. linked to. But him. we think she's delusional. But she's delusional and she's not just we don't know. So we, we don't know, know if she's lying. Find, and then we find that that picture at the end, and it's like okay, but maybe she wasn't lying. So but the real question is, is, did they put that scene in the movie to confuse you, or did they put it in in the movie? To, to make you believe that Thomas think, Wayne actually is the Joker's I, I father. Think, I mean, I think it's to confuse. Because it's just so many mixed signals. And it she is. is delusional. So you never know. I mean, maybe he didn't even write that. Maybe she wrote that. But does it ever say when she was diagnosed with that? Because we no, don't know. We don't know that. Because either. what if she got that after? Yeah. After all the trauma, whatever happened, mm-hmm. what if she developed mental issues after? We don't know that either. Yeah, we don't know that. So it is a huge cluster and of confusion. And I love it how at the end, I mean, also, we're kind of on the journey with Arthur and that, like, we're totally confused as he's totally confused because we're figuring it out just as he is. But when he finds the picture, like, at that point, like, he's so far gone that, like, he doesn't care anymore. Like, he just, he just crumbles it up and throws it on the floor. And I want to talk about when 
I guess, like, I didn't understand why he he killed his mom. Yeah. Like, by the way, that was... I, that mean, was, I did not expect... That was one thing I really did yeah, not expect. I, really I expect thought he that. liked his mom. Yeah. Like, I, I expected a shooting at, at the at the talk show. But I did not expect did him not to, expect to kill his mom. I really didn't. And I just, I just feel like he also put a lot of the blame on her. Because she's also something that throughout the movie doesn't do anything like she says okay smile and put on a happy face but she really doesn't help in any way and i think it's kind of like i'm I'm guessing that when he finds the papers it's kind of like the only person he 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 thinks that like actually cares about him is his mom but then he finds the paper and feels like i guess he's kind of betrayed by his mother so then i feel that's what led him Mm -hmm. he doesn't know how to control his anger yeah so i feel like that's what led him to kill his mom but then again, we don't know anything don't because know. they don't specify. Yeah, and we're not in his head. I mean, we really don't know what's going on. And they don't really explain that part yeah, at all. At all. Like, they, it just happens. Yeah. So then, like, it also, get, it also gets to the character of Thomas Wayne, which is, I mean, in the comics, he's really not explored that that, that much. But in this movie, they were obviously going for a Trump-type figure. Um, especially because they, they make cast, him look like a huge douchebag in the movie. Yeah, they really do, and they they actually originally casted Alec Baldwin, which plays Trump on SNL, which I think would have been an awful choice. So thank yeah, God I'm that, I agree. I like the actor that they picked because I think he did a great job. Like Alec he, Baldwin would Alec Baldwin would have made it like a little caricature of of Donald Trump, and it would have just lost like so much value. Like like this, I don't know who the actor is, but he I I feel like he just does a really good job. Like. The, the only thing I don't really like about this movie is that, like, I know there's powerful and rich people who suck. And yeah. they take advantage of mm-hmm. the rich, uh, of the poor people, yeah. my bad, and and all the, obviously the hopeless. But at yeah. the same time, I, I feel like it doesn't, it doesn't kind of, it kind of, it could be offensive to people who yeah. are of stature or have power because, like, not all of all rich people or all powerful people are bad. Yeah, you know? but, but at the end of the day, I don't think Thomas Wayne is a bad person. And I like, I don't like, obviously the movie is like kind of portraying him in that way. But I feel like at the end of the day, like what I get from him is that he's not a bad person. He's just in a position of power. And unfortunately when you're in a position of power, that's how most people conduct themselves. And, and it's kind of yeah. like, there's two sides. It's like, you have the people who are powerful and you have the people who are powerful. So it's kind of like, it's kind of like, it's not necessarily that I want to take advantage of these people who aren't, mm-hmm. but it's like, I would rather be on this side than be on the side that's powerless. Of course, yeah. And you still, and you still want So that. like, I mean, I, like, you don't even know, like, the people who are powerless, like, maybe they would take a position of power if they could, but they never they had could. the opportunity, so they take that side. Of course, yeah. Obviously, there's people who actually don't like how powerful people are, yeah. but there are some people who just follow along because they can't be on that powerful side. Yeah, exactly. So, I don't know. But it, it's... It, it, it's tough. It's, it's tough. It's, it really is. Dense, there is no right it's really, side. It's really a dense, a dense... It's kind of like for your own opinion. Yeah. And then another thing about Thomas Wayne is the name calling too, which is like a huge thing in our culture obviously today, like where just people take to Twitter and just start calling people names. And like this quote in particular, anyone that can't get their life together as a clown. He says that on TV, which obviously is what, like, I mean, obviously Joker is a That's what leads to everybody wearing the clown mask and the whole thing that corrupts the city, Mm -hmm. basically. Exactly. So it's just just showing, like, the power of, like, 
of like his platform and just like anything he says, just because he's on that platform can be taken to another like to another extent. So like people with that platform have to be careful with with you know name calling like, and that's something we see all the time today. And it's not even, and it's not, all, and it's not all on like the Trump side of it because obviously Trump calls people's names all the time, but it's also on like everywhere. Like people are people are doing that all over the place. And it's kind of like I guess, but it, it it's kind of hard because I guess they're saying powerful people are, are insensitive to the problems of people because I mean it's hard for them to understand it if they haven't gone through it. It is really hard for them to understand it as it is hard to understand these people that are powerless what people who are powerful go through because in the end of the day just because you're powerful doesn't mean you don't have issues or problems like these people have problems and issues all the time yeah and 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 in some case and and that's also another reason where i want a sequel with like batman's perspective because i feel like it'd just be so interesting to see it It'd be cool to see a non-action Batman movie to see, like, in the mind of Batman rather than just what Batman does to save Gotham. Like, like, I want to see, like, what it's like from the 1% side looking at the disaster that's Gotham now. Like, like what would that look like? It would be crazy if there was a sequel part two of an action side of the Joker, but with Heath Ledger if it was possible. Yeah, that would be crazy. That would be, be the perfect yeah. thing ever. They play... By the way, those people who say that one's better than the other, like, those... That's how I can explain how they would work out. Like, how they're different. One guy could do the... Like, I think Joaquin Phoenix does a good job of creating the mind of the Joker. Yeah. And I think Heath Ledger does a good job of acting out as the Joker. Yeah, I, 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 I get that. I get that. Um, so... Moving on to one of the main characters, which is played by Zazie Beetz, uh, Sophie Dumont. Uh, she is basically, I mean, she's Arthur's neighbor. His um, love interest. Yeah. And in, in a recent interview, she said that she's, she's what he wants and what he needs, like, at that moment. Because in the beginning of the film, well, actually, throughout the whole film, she's really the only one that acknowledges him. And shows him like at least a little. And bit even of when he does like crazy things, yeah. like she just acts normal yeah. about it and tries to like get like. Does she know he has something? Yeah, I think she does. I think she does, and and also interestingly enough, the only other person that shows him compassion is also Bruce. Because, but I feel like because Bruce doesn't know, he's yeah, just Bruce too young know, to know exactly. So that that brings out another perspective of yeah, like kids don't know. They don't. They don't know the difference between mental illness or not, and they have that kind of unconditional like compassion towards towards people that like because they don't have those preconceptions. Because yeah, they don't they're have, just too young, you know. And they don't have those preconceived notions. So um, I I feel like that's really interesting. And did you did you expect like the whole thing where she's not actually his girlfriend? That I was really surprised. I'm pre- I I had thought I was like, why is this girl with this guy the entire time? And then when you told me at the end that that was all him imagining it, I was like, what? Yeah. I was so confused. That's why when, so in the end of the movie, he goes into the apartment after what? Would, what did he just do? I believe it was after he killed the people that worked in the clown company. Oh, okay. Well, what? Or, no, actually, no, no, no. It was no. Before it was later. That. Wasn't no, it, it was later before on? that. He. That's after he killed his mother. 
Oh, okay. That's after so when he do, when he after he does that, he walks into the apartment and he walks into her apartment and just sits on the couch, and then she's like, "You need to leave." Blah blah. And that's when I was confused. Like, wait, you know this guy though? Like, what's wrong? And then and then she's saying like, "My little girl's inside." Everything. And I guess that's the part I got confused on because I didn't know that he was imagining it. But then when you told me, I was like, what? Yeah, and, and the crazy part about that is that it really, like, like all of a sudden, like, the whole movie's a buildup to, like, obviously what happened at the end, like, him breaking. But, like, that really was surprising to me because it's crazy how, like, how like you, you know he's building up to it, but then you get to a certain point where, like, it's still shocking. Like it's it's well, it I think the thing with the, how crazy he he ends up being. You know? I think with the movie, it's kind of like it has like attention throughout the entire movie. You just never know when he's yeah. gonna pop. And that's also that's also thanks to like the score. Also, I think the the music does a really good job of like keeping that like tension the entire. Movie. Like when he's about to kill Murray, like it keeps building up, building up, building up, and then yeah. boom, it just blows yeah. But it up. felt like it was building up the entire movie, which is like a good thing for the score and also Joaquin Phoenix, obviously. But that was, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I did not see that that girl was not actually in his life the whole time, like, yeah. like romantically. Yeah, like, no, which is crazy. And, yeah, and, and basically, yeah, what she said was true. That's, that's what, in his mind, he wanted and needed on all those moments. You know what I'm saying? You like, know he needed the person in the crowd that was still going to smile and, like, cheer him on, like, even when he was messing up in the, in the comedy club. Now that now that I think about it, there's one moment where he's actually normal. Like like it's not that he's normal, but he seems like he is. Mm-hmm. Is when the cops pull up when he's outside of the hospital because his mom just had a stroke, and he's just out there smoking. They start asking him questions. The way he played it off was so like normal. Yeah. You know, out of all the times that he wasn't like that was the one time that where he played it off like so normal. He's just like yeah. whatever like. Because I feel like at that point, like, he, he'd pretty much given up. But I think that showed, like, like his insen- in- insensitivity to, to killing at that point. Yeah, already you know, at like that, he at wasn't that point. A f- he actually, it's not that he was faking it. It's just he didn't think anything he was doing yeah. was wrong at that point. So, yeah, so that also takes us to, like, when he first, uh, his first kill of the movie, which was in the train. Uh, so what did you think of that, that whole scene? Do you think it was self-defense? I mean... Actually, I would say it's self-defense because the guy's small. Three guys are kicking him on the ground. Like, he's already been beat up at this point. So, technically, I don't think that he should have killed them. But, basically, they were just doing the wrong thing at the yeah. wrong time. I mean, I do think it was self-defense at that yeah at that moment. Um, but, at, at the same time, the last guy, the, like, the last guy was running away and he shot him. That's not self-defense him anymore. Yeah, like, exactly. I just want to kill you at yeah. this point. So it was kind of 50 50. But also, it also shows that, you know, I think the first two were definitely self defense, but I think he got a little bit of confidence from the fact. I, I think after the, the subway yeah. was kind of like, I'm not going to take shit anymore. Like, yeah. come at me and you're going to get hurt. Like, yeah. And, and I think he really gained a lot of confidence. That was the turning point of the killing, movie. Yeah. From killing those two people, like, you could tell, like, by the way he carried himself that. Like yeah, he was gonna shoot that other guy. I think I think point. the subway scene like before that, like he was thinking all these thoughts in his head. But once he enacted it for the first time, that kind of freed him to do the rest of it. Yeah. So another another thing that uh, actually my, I think my favorite quote from the movie, um, which is also when he's uh, in the interview with Mary, is if someone like me died, you'd step over my body, which I thought was like 
Like, wow. Like, they, well, he's comparing, before he says that, he's comparing, like, oh, yeah, if Thomas Wayne dies, or if any of these rich people die, no one will care. Like, everybody will care. But if somebody like, like me died, you're just going to step on my body. I think that is very true. It I is mean, super true. Like, like, you'll have, you'll have, let's say, someone really famous dies, and you'll have everyone posting Instagram posts that don't even know this person. Posting Instagram posts, whatever, sending their condolences. But then a guy with a mental illness dies... And just everyone's like, oh, that guy was crazy. Like, who cares? Yeah, exactly. And I guess it's kind of showing the, like, we kind of need to change our perspective on that. Yeah. And and, it's, and another quote from, from actually the comics, uh, which I grabbed from the, one of the best Joker uh, graphic novels ever, The Killing Joke. All that separates the same from the insane is one bad day. And, like, Arthur, he, all he has are bad days. Like, the entire movie, like... Every, every single day of his everyone life. has everyone has a breaking point yeah and he even tells his mom before he kills him all I've my, my whole life has been sad like I've, I haven't had one happy moment in my entire life and I feel like he, he also says that in the beginning of the movie to the social worker before she tells him that they're gonna get cut off and they're not gonna give him any meds anything anymore and then he's like and then he tells the lady like oh you're not listening yeah like even when he says it people still don't still listen, don't listen. Yeah. You know, even if he says it in the most yeah, because she didn't care descriptive she, way because she was getting laid off also. So, so she was she, worried about herself. Yeah, she was just worried about what she was going through and didn't even think about what this guy was going through. So, and then another theme is that literally no one in his life has like any compassion for him. We have his mom, like Thomas Wayne, which might be his dad. Even Alfred, which is supposed to be like at least the best guy in Wayne Manor. You know, like brings up Bruce. And he, not even he really cares. He's just like, get away from, like, get, get out of here. So that, that to me was shocking because, I mean, I love Alfred and, like, like he's one of the best bat, like I'm surprised probably, Alfred didn't do anything, you Probably know? the best Batman character of all time. I'm surprised Alfred didn't do anything when the Joker was choking him through the fence. Yeah. That was, Well, like, that's actually very true. You're right. Like, I thought he would do something, but he didn't do anything. Yeah. And I guess maybe because he knew... Like, how maybe, crazy yeah. he was. Yeah, so it also shows a side to it where, like, okay, like, maybe Alfred isn't the best person, but I could see a future where he could actually raise, like, a good kid. I also think kind of with, with someone like Arthur, another question that, that can be posed is kind of, like, do people ignore him because they don't care or people ignore him because it, sometimes they're scared? That's because, actually a very Because sometimes too. these people obviously can't control some things that they do because obviously they have a mental illness. Yeah. So it's kind of like you never know what they're going to do. So that may keep people away from, yeah. from that. that. That's also fair. But like, I, I guess my perspective is that he usually when people like at least when most people like put aside people with mental illnesses, it's because like they're being screamed at or like they're harassing them or like. But, I mean, he really never shows, like, malice towards anybody that hasn't done anything to him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then... Like, that's, like, when he kills the guy, when he kills one of the other clowns and they come to visit him. Like, uh, he kills that one guy, but the, the midget, he doesn't kill him because yeah. he's the only... And he says to him, he's like, you're the only person who's ever been nice to me. Yeah. Like, and we're we're going to talk more about that later and like, the whole... The whole dynamic of that scene, because that was another scene that, like, that was uh, might have been one. Of Once the, he picked up the scissors, I knew he was going to do it, but I yeah. thought he was going to kill them both. Yeah, I really did too. I really did too. But it's such a Joker thing to do. Like, like at that point, he's the Joker, and like it, it felt like he, they were both in Joker's lair, and that's definitely something that he would do, like for sure. 
Um, like he so, even opens the door for the midget. Yeah. So the other thing about about this whole theme of not having compassion is that it's like so realistic. Like when the boss like fires him, like it's something that would happen, but like like the boss didn't even like think of like wow like maybe like why would this guy like steal the steal the sign? You know what I'm saying? Like he probably knew that he that it was stolen from him and it was broken, but like he only he cared care. about the like, money coming out of his pocket. Exactly. He could have said. Hey, like, look, I, I understand this. Like, let's go 50-50 on it. Like, you know, you pay, you pay like half of it and I'll pay half of it and whatever. But no, he just, he said, okay, like you, you figure I understand why I got fired the second time. But, no, yeah, the second time. That, that scene made me super uncomfortable because I imagine if I was yeah. a kid, mm-hmm. that, that would scare the shit yeah, out of exactly. me. Yeah, exactly. And it's also so well done because at the end of the day, like, you know that he doesn't mean it, but like. He has it, and it had just happens in a way where it's like, damn. Like, I thought the gun was going to go off by accident when I really he did was too. in. I really did too. The, the children's hospital. Yeah. And that's what that's what I was. I was a little tense there. I was like, yeah, this is going to be a really uncomfortable scene. Yeah. And then even though, like, yeah, it's an action movie, but like, you ha- it's not an action movie, but you still have those moments that you're like, damn, like, what's going to happen? Like, is this really going to? Because he's unpredictable. That's the off? truth. Yeah. And then another thing that that like shocked me when I was doing research was. Um, the scene where you're at the Wayne fundraiser and like whatever all the benefactors are there sitting in the theater and they're watching Charlie Chaplin uh, like one of the the first like slapstick comedians and I just I, I was like I was like shocked by like the interpretation like the analysis that was the little kid in the when they went to the movie theater and he was dressed as one of the one of the ushers and then yeah. they were playing on on the screen it was like a little boy like like yeah, doing no, skating around, yeah, doing skating around. Basically, like I mean, he's a guy. He's also like in like you know regular clothes, like whatever, and he's like skating around doing this comedy. And I mean, it's supposed, it's literally the one percent of Gotham literally laughing at the guy that's down on his luck. But they're still, it's still entertainment for them. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I think that was supposed to show that these people like get entertained. Yeah, like they don't, they don't care, but they still serve as entertainment. Because they're just not in that world. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're in their own world. They have their own world. They have their, their own, own perspective whole bubble. with their own problems. But, like, they look they look to, the like, the other side of the world and they just laugh. Which is, like... That's pretty crazy. It's, it's, it's And crazy. by the way, I did not know this until, like, a couple minutes ago. Yeah. Um, another thing... Because, like, I remember uh, we were sitting in the movie theater and... Or, actually, I don't know if it was before, but I remember you telling me how, like... Oh, like, it's super unrealistic that, like... Um, like these riots would happen and everybody would put on masks and, and go off and like and at first I was like, Yeah, like for sure, like I don't like obviously it's Yeah, they'd have the National Guard in there yeah, yeah, going no. ham. And obviously there's an element where like, yeah, like okay, we have to put ourselves into the heads where like, yeah, this is Gotham, like whatever, I yeah, guess. Yeah, you do have to put your head there. It's a fictional movie. I guess the movie. National Guard isn't coming, but like It is the fictional movie. Yeah. It's also Gotham, like where's Gotham? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But but there's there's such a like a history with with like common people rising up and, and, and killing the 1%. We see it in the French Revolution. We see it in the, in the Russian Revolution. Oh, and by um, the way, actually, one thing I just came to the idea now is you can tell how, like, like unaffected these, these rich people are to what's happening to the poor, that these people are out at the movies while people are rioting. Yeah, exactly. Like, exactly. like why like, would you want to be out of the movie while people have are rioting? No, they have no, like, perception of, of what's exactly. going on. Yeah. And that's also for the Waynes. Like they, they, were, they literally were out at the movies. When like, hey, let me just walk through this dark alley while everyone's riding. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, exactly. even though I know everyone's 
wearing a clown mask because they hate me. Yeah. And then, yeah, and also the mask is another thing that I was like, yeah, like, super unrealistic, no one would do that. But yeah, like, the V for Vendetta masks, like, you know, from V for Vendetta. Oh, movie. fun fact, Guy Fox Day is on my birthday. Yeah. That, that's actually just something that happened in real life. Like, there's just, there's just so many things that, like, just, like, amaze me about Another great like, movie, by the way. The movie, yeah. But, I mean, I, I thought it was kind of crazy how Thomas Wayne, you know, was just walking through the alleyway with his wife during this ride with, like, no security. Like, this is Thomas Wayne here. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that was I'm sorry, little... but your son's not Batman yet, yeah. so he's not going to save you. Yeah, that was a little much. Like, That's the only part yeah. that I was kind of like, what? Yeah, but at the end of the day, it's like, I mean, something that I can get over to see, to, like, to see that, like, perception. Like, literally, like, the people killing the royal family. Like, they are the royal family of Gotham, and... That's what happened. And I kind of think maybe by the guy just shooting them and not really giving them a chance to say anything was kind of like, you never give us a chance, so we're yeah. not going to give you a chance. Exactly. Which is crazy to me, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and then, and then that brings me to the question that, like, okay, like, obviously Todd Phillips right now and, like, the whole movie is getting a lot of pushback. And honestly, like, it's just proving him right. Like, the amount of, like, backlash they're getting for the movie and, like, how... And, like, obviously I understand, like, where somebody with mental illness shouldn't watch the movie. Like, because yeah. they can take it. And we're going to talk about that more, like, with the final scene and whether... Because um, that's my least favorite part of the movie. The final scene, because I feel like it, it leaves it open to an interpretation. Because they're, like, idolizing him. That's really dangerous. Yeah. So, so that, that we'll get to in a little bit. But, but what Todd Phillips is trying to say, like, in the movie... It's crazy that he's getting backlash because it just it just proves him right. Like obviously we're uncomfortable by this because he wanted us to be uncomfortable. Yeah, because he wanted us to be uncomfortable by it, and it's something because it's an issue we don't acknowledge and it's every a day. Huge, and it's a huge problem, and and people will make any other excuse other than to look at what they're doing and and say like, oh yeah, I'm doing something wrong too. Like it's not just you. Like people just want to blame other people for it. People want to blame anything they can. Like if we're scared that people with like like. Any mental sort of issue can't watch this. Maybe it's a sign that we should be helping those people exactly. that have these mental issues, and that's his whole point, you know. Mm-hmm. Like the backlash, if anything, gives him like more like, credibility. It gives his more credibility to his message. Of course, it's kind of like yeah, you guys are shaming people. Well, maybe like this wouldn't be a problem if we had fixed it to yeah. start with. But people still don't want to hear it. They still don't want to hear. They just—they'd rather go on with their lives because it's not their problem. But like, I like to think of it as like you don't care until it affects your life. Yeah. So it's kind of like, oh yeah, like I'm never gonna care, blah blah. But then next thing you know, a family member of yours has a mental issue. Well, you're gonna care now, aren't you? Yeah, of course. So like, that's that's the problem. You know, we need to. It's something we need to address today. You know, we need to fix it because that's probably one of the, like the most like not I would say like under under like privileged people kind of like that's like the first thing that people would cut they wouldn't they wouldn't care yeah. because it's kind of like okay, it's not something that's affecting like them. you're crazy go deal with it yeah exactly. like they can't just go deal with it yeah. like they need help and so then, you need to help and them. then we see that when when he stops taking his medication and he and started saying i'm not taking my medication anymore i mm-hmm. feel good that should be a warning sign like this is not good yeah this is not how it's supposed to be so yeah so so next we're going to talk about well, actually, let's talk about the the apartment scene. Great. Yeah, I think that was, that was that was the craziest kill he had. Like that was graphic, graphic and gruesome wise, that was that was the craziest yeah. one he had. And and honestly, like it was, 
it was crazy to me because okay, yeah, he kills Randall, which is like the big uh, clown guy. He always hated him. Yeah, he always hated, and and it's his fault that you know he that he that I mean he has some some culpability in this. And I'm surprised he showed up to his apartment. You know. Yeah, I am surprised because I mean also you have to think about it that Arthur really never did anything to make anybody. They just thought he was crazy, but they didn't think he was yeah. harm harmful. They didn't, they didn't make yeah he didn't make it seem like he was a violent person. I mean when when he gave him the gun, he was like like what like. What do you want it for? Like what, like, what do I need this for? You know, so, so I mean, they were they really weren't expecting that, and then no, so the yeah. craziest part to me is he, he he stabs him in the neck and he stabs him in the head. So this guy's probably already dead, and then he, he's so angry at him that even if he's dead already, he sm- keeps smashing his head against the yeah. wall like he's got all this anger built in him, and then he's really. Hey, we have this room now. Sorry. Okay, it's- We got kicked out of another room, so kind of depression. We wish we had our own studio here so this would stop happening. But if you want to make us famous, follow us at our Twitter and Instagram at BarTab Podcast so we can actually make some money or become famous so we can actually have a studio and stop getting kicked out by random people. Exactly, yeah. And you know, we can, you know, you could always Venmo us. We'll set up a Patreon for you, you know, whatever. Just uh, Venmo me at EJ Fernandez0123. Anything counts, even a dollar. I can buy snacks before this podcast. Exactly. Or other things. All right, so let's get back into it. Uh, we were just talking about the apartment murder scene, and I was just getting to Gary, which is the little person in the movie. He's a funny guy. Yeah, he is. I mean,. He, I don't, I mean, he's a pretty good guy from what we know, right? He doesn't really do much, but he doesn't do anything bad. What, the crazy, the crazy part about the whole scene was that the whole time I was just like, wow, like, this, this is just such a Joker, like, ripped out of the comics. Because the whole scene, like, okay, so after he kills, whatever his name is, uh, Randall... Randall. <laughs> Randall. <laughs> so he kills Randall. And uh, so after he kills Randall, the entire thing is a joke. But it's like such a cruel joke. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like the whole time we don't know if he might kill he might kill Gary. You know, he might kill the little person. I actually I didn't know. I thought like when like when he scares Gary when he's trying to walk out the door. Exactly. I thought he was gonna kill him again. And that and that's like the crazy part about it because it's a joke to him. You know what I'm saying? Like that's yeah, that's just messing around. With he's him. like messing with his head, but that's like such a Joker like thing to do. And then on top of that, the whole lock thing, like where he where couldn't he reach where it. he couldn't reach the lock. And at that point, you're like, oh shit! Like, is he gonna go after him and kill him? Like, you know what I'm saying? So he just lets him out. And then the tension is still there. Like the buildup is still there, and, and he just. Ends up. I mean, he's he's torturing this guy pretty much because he's the the guy doesn't know if he's gonna kill him, but he ends up just letting him go. Yeah, that was that was it was a funny scene towards the end. So it kind of like a little comedic relief. Yeah, it was, but still with the tension. Yeah, it was it was crazy because it is it is funny like the whole the whole thing that he couldn't that he couldn't reach like it was kind of a break from it. Like they made it like that. But on at purpose. the same time, like it was yeah they made it like that on purpose. It was such a cruel like thing to do to him. But, uh, I mean, I I kind of, like, I guess I thought he was going to kill him, but low-key, I was like, eh, like... Yeah, because at the end of the day, like, you never... I think, I think one thing, I feel like the Joker can relate, because I feel like the fact that he's a midget, he feels like, 
he also has to deal with a whole bunch of shit from other people making stupid jokes that are not funny like yeah. he didn't choose to be that way it's just how it, it, things happen so kind of like he kind of re- that's why he's so nice to him and they kind of related to each other so like he's kind of like you kind of deal with the same shit I deal with so like yeah. I like you and and I think the whole time until the very very last scene where he's at Arkham like not even before that I, I don't even think in the late night appearance even until the very last scene you still have a sense that Arthur's a good person. You know what I mean? That, like, at the end of the day, like, not that he's a good person, like, his actions are obviously awful and, like, wrong, but, like, that he's a kind person. It, it basically shows that, like, he wasn't originally evil. He yeah. was made like that because people kept messing with him. Yeah, exactly. And he came to his breaking point. And on top of that, he, he, he has mental a mental issue, which, obviously, like, he can't completely control. Yeah. So that gets to the biggest breaking point in the movie, which like we could just talk about the whole scene now, the late night show appearance. What did we What did we think of that? So like, let's start off with his entrance. Was actually the smoothest that he's been in the entire movie. Yes, like he actually came out you like see a completely different yeah, side of him, like a very confident. And and the 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 symmetry of it, especially in the like right before this when he's dancing on the staircase. Because in the he beginning, the old lady on in, the show. Yeah, in the beginning of the movie, you see him walking up the staircase, like hunchbacked, like completely, like down on his luck. And then at the end, you see him dancing on the steps, like it's a, he's he's transformed into this completely other person. And like, you know? he, like you see him earlier in the movie, like when he finds out he's going to be in the show, like practicing, like how his entrance would be, mm-hmm. but like. When it actually comes down to it, it's nothing like what he was practicing, and it's like it was all just him, like at that moment. Yeah, like, that was. was his confidence coming out right there. Exactly, and then also the the brilliance of the scene is that at the end of the day, like we know, like the audience knows that a shot is going to be fired, but we don't know like who's it's who it's going to be fired at, and that, I think that's the biggest like question going into the scene. It's like it's like okay, like we know something's going to go down. Like what? Like how? Like when he's what practicing, direction? when he's practicing the entrance, one of his jokes is that he points it to his head. Yeah. Well. Well. I, originally, he was he was gonna kill himself. But another like genius thing about it is that at the end of the day, he does kill himself. And like, and that that like gives me chills because like, so he doesn't end up shooting himself in the head. But Arthur dies as soon as he kills Murray. He's the Joker now. As soon as he kills Murray on live television. Arthur is dead. He's no he, longer Arthur. He he's did, the Joker. He did kill himself without shooting himself. By the way, they don't call him the Joker until before that show. That when he says, I want to be called the Joker, that's when he, he started yeah. switching over. Which is another another crazy thing. Like, the name calling again comes into play with the Joker. But the fact that, okay, like, yeah, this guy didn't get it off of a deck of cards. Like, like he, he named himself because Murray called, called him, him a, a Joker. Joke. Yeah. yeah, he called him like, oh, like, look at this Joker, or whatever. And and the fact that, and also the fact that in that scene, like, it means so little to Murray, but it means, like, everything. Like, that, that like, he could have replaced that word with anything else. And it was, so it would have meant the same thing. And even when they're talking, Murray doesn't even remember saying that. And and Arthur explains to him, like, oh, yeah, like, introduce me as Joker. That's how irrelevant he is to him. Exactly. And, and something that means so little to Murray meant literally everything to Arthur. Like, that was his, that was his make or break point yeah. in that movie. Like, he's like, I'm going to make myself happen now. Yeah. And that's when, obviously, he becomes the Joker after he shoots Murray. And on live television, he gets all crazy. And then, 
when he's at the end of the movie when they uh, when someone crashes into the the cop car he's in and they take him out and everything and he gets the blood from the crash and he just goes like this to make the smile that's when you know like okay now this is the real Joker you know like no there's no Arthur here left yeah. anymore I don't know who Arthur is I'm the Joker exactly yeah and then and then also I mean so we have De Niro in the scene which we talked about in like the non-spoiler section like we did we thought he did a really good job but I think I think what even makes him more important because I really don't think that he could have been replaced by anybody else like De Niro like the fact that he shoots Robert De Niro in the face like I feel like it elevates it like do you think that do you think that like it could have been like if it was just a, like a, a regular actor that nobody really knew his name was do you think it would have the same impact I don't know I think I think for, for just forgetting the actor altogether the shocking thing was that he was doing it on live television like like he yeah. could he could have done that anywhere else. Like he could have waited till after the yeah. show, waited till he walked out back, whatever. But you wanted everyone to see that. Yeah, and you and wanted I, to prove that he wasn't feel, playing around anymore. I do feel like it makes it a lot more memorable. Like the fact oh, that of it, course, that yeah, it was like Robert De Niro is Robert De Niro. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, like we we knew something was gonna go down there. It wasn't gonna go just smoothly because obviously, like like Robert De Niro, even after he said. Uh, even after he admitted to killing the three people, he didn't act scared at all or feel in danger. Like, he just kept going at him. Like, like yeah. he, that never happened. So it's kind of like, did he think he was just bluffing? Like, did he just say, oh, this guy is, like, all full of it? Like, he's just a joke, like he said, a joker. You know, he's not going to do anything. And then, boom, yeah, he shot. You know, like, he didn't move from his seat. He didn't do anything. He, he didn't react to him saying that at all. Like, he just kept his show going. So he cared more about the show than just like, holy shit, this guy just killed three people yeah, on a exactly. subway. Like, uh, my life might be in danger. He, that's how much he cared more about his show and being famous and whatever it is than, than that. Yeah. And then that that leads us like to, to the final scene. And when I say the final scene, I mean like, okay, obviously we had like the Joker and like the whole like gang of clowns and like You're talking him. about when he's on top of the car. No, I'm not talking about that. That's when that's I want to make the distinction. So I'm talking about when he's in the hospital oh, in yeah. Arkham in Arkham Asylum and he's talking to the psychiatrist. And this is kind of where okay the scene where he's on top of the car and this scene are both like where I kind of have a problem with it because everybody's praising him. Yeah. And that and that really like can can skew the message of it because I think I do think it's a really important movie and I really think it's a good message, but giving him that that's the part of the platform, movie where you have to like remember that it's yeah, a fictional movie, you know? Exactly, you have to remember it's a fictional movie, and that we're creating a villain here. And then you have the other side of it that's like, yeah, well, people are gonna start praising people like this if we don't clean up our act. But it's also portrayed in a dangerous way, and then I think the final scene even does more because. He kills a psychiatrist, and when we're... That's why he was walking with... Exactly, so, right? yeah, we don't know that in the beginning, but we see his footsteps, and, and then you, you end up seeing that they're blood. And then he kills a psychiatrist, but I really, like, when I was... I mean, the scene, the psychiatrist does nothing wrong. Like, she's actually being really nice to him and, like, like trying to help him out, and then he says... And then he's laughing, and she's like, she's like, what's the joke? And he says, you wouldn't get it. You know, so he... 
So that I mean, obviously he's full fledged Joker now. He's completely insane. There's probably no coming well, back from my that. life is a comedy. Yeah. So, so that that's kind of also where I have a problem with it because yeah, he he just killed this woman, and she did nothing wrong, and then, and then it even becomes more problematic because, whatever we see him trying to escape from the guards, and and then happy music starts playing, and then you get the end, super like. Like lighthearted. Yeah, like like there was just a happy ending. Like it was a happy ending. So that that's where I kind of have a problem with it because like I just feel like it shouldn't have ended with that tone because at the end of the day it's a tragedy. But I think in the same way it's kind of like obviously this is a fictional movie building the character of the Joker as a villain who we we have to remember is a villain who's gonna do evil things in the future, and it's kind of like it adds to the creepiness, you know. Yeah, in that in that aspect, yeah, I get that. Like, I guess I it, 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 it's like the whole point of the movie is like it does make you uncomfortable. So let's end it with like something even more uncomfortable. Yeah, you know, like that's true. Yeah, because it really that I mean that's that's where I have found the problem with it because it made me super uncomfortable. Exactly. So yeah. I feel like you wanted that to happen. You wanted to be yeah. like, whoa, like why is this, why is this so happy right now? Yeah, I mean, because like I mean, walking out of the theater, like it's you're like low key a little depressed. Yeah, I wanted to watch Disney Channel after that. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I don't even watch Disney Channel, but shout out Disney, psych. But I, I mean, it's. I would say that the ending, yeah, is a little is a little confusing because it's kind of like you can see the picture throughout the whole movie, but then it's kind of like okay, this the ending is not really a message anymore. This is just now we're. Now we're, we're back to fiction. Now we're full fledged Joker. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, and then that that leads to the question of a possible sequel because originally, this wasn't supposed to have a sequel. It never was supposed to have a sequel. Yeah, but it broke the box office, and they're like, "Let's make a sequel." Exactly. So it broke it broke the box office records, and Joaquin Phoenix, which How never would... does sequels, he, I, I don't think I can't think of a movie where he's done a sequel to, uh, just said I think Sunday or Saturday night that that he was open to it, which is. Which is crazy. That is crazy. Which is I would watch it. Actually, crazy for sure. Yeah. So then, and then, going into like a possible sequel, like we're going into a world where I feel like after this movie, like Gotham is as bad as it's ever been. You know, we have you you have the even bigger division between. Venom is built up also to like when is Batman going to come? Exactly, and and that's and that's the crazy thing too. So. Um, before we get into Batman, I just want to say, like, uh, also the fact that, like, Joker is probably the first, like, villain to put on, like, a costume, um, and the fact that he is in Arkham makes me think, like, as a comic book fan, like, yeah, like, now he's gonna sit there with his, with the crazy people in Arkham and tell them to, to make a fantastical persona like him, and that's where we could get... And then they join forces... And that's where we can get other villains, like, potentially in the future. Um, so yeah, so then that goes to, that goes to Batman. So like I've said like this whole time, like I just really want to see everything from Bruce's perspective. And then you also have to think about like, is Batman the response to society's problems? Is that, is, is he the, is he the person? I wonder if Batman, is he doing it for the people or is he doing it for himself at first? Because he, exactly. his parents died because of exactly. the chaos. Yeah, and then that also goes into Bruce's mental illness. I, I think there's only like a couple storylines where they, where they actually like dive deep into like that Batman actually does have mental illnesses. Um, but 
but at the end of the day, he's obviously trying to channel it for good. And he, if he doesn't have anything, he definitely has survivor's guilt because, yeah, I mean, his parents got shot in front of him and he didn't get killed. And that also proves probably why Alfred and him are so close because obviously his Alfred yeah. probably raised most like raised him for the rest of his life. Yeah, and then and there's another question of mental illness where, okay, so we see him in in the movie we see Bruce sliding down a pole, uh, from his treehouse. And, like, obviously, automatically, I thought of the Batcave. So, um... What kind of shows it, like... I guess since he grew up with people so powerful and kind of, like, he grew up by himself. Like, yeah. it, they don't show the movie that he has any friends whatsoever. He's so, like, lonely the entire movie. And when he grows up to be Batman, he still is very lonely. Super lonely. I mean, and then his parents got taken away, so... And I guess the only since his parents got taken away, he got used to that lifestyle. Yeah, the only person he has is Alfred now. So... And then it begs the question, okay, yeah, Arthur had these issues. He didn't get any care because he was, you know, obviously struggling and he didn't have the money to do it. But Bruce has the money. But does that necessarily mean that he's going to get better care than Arthur? Well, I think the different question to say is like, or, he or, will get better care, but is it, is, it, is it more effective? Yeah, or is it a question of even the upper class, like... To have a mental illness in the 1% is very taboo. You know what I'm saying? It's like, like, it's not something, it's not something it. that people want to know about. So, maybe he just didn't get any care. And that's why he has to come up with this persona to, to compensate for all the things maybe he's Maybe the fact with. that he's helping or whatever, saving Gotham, that's his form of therapy. Yeah. And then at the end of the day, I mean, Bruce is always like, you know, fed on a silver platter. So he really doesn't know the perspective of Arthur his entire life. He just knows that Arthur was is, is an evil guy that kills people, but he doesn't yeah. understand who Arthur was before. He was too Yeah, evil. so, I mean, I, I definitely think when Batman starts his crusade, he's definitely not... He definitely doesn't know. He definitely doesn't know what it's, right, what's, what it's like. And then I think of also, like, I think of Catwoman because she's obviously a love interest and a villain... But she's kind of, I think, the first time that Bruce gets to realize what it's like to live in that 99%. What it's like to live in, like, the, the horrible places in Gotham. You know? So, so yeah. And then also, like, uh, Batman, like, you know, he, you think of him, he always beats up, like, car thieves and, and people, like, stealing, stealing things all the time, like, common thieves. But then now looking at this movie, I'm like, but should be should he be beating them up? Because they're just trying to survive, you know. From their perspective, like it's not they're not doing they're just doing what they need to do. The one thing I think separates uh, the Joker and Batman is you notice obviously that Batman doesn't kill people. Yeah, like he'll beat them up and knock them out, but he won't he won't he won't kill people. He won't kill people, but the Joker will. Yeah. So I guess it's kind of like how you deal with a mental illness. Yeah. Like. How it's dealt with can affect the outcome. And the fact that he's trying to understand. He's trying to understand and he's also and he's also not willing to take that extra step. And I think the movie does a really good job of understanding why Batman doesn't kill. Because at the end of the day, Joker is what he is, but at one point in his life he was a kind person. And he was a good person. He just had problems. You know? Yeah. So it makes sense why Batman doesn't kill. But uh I think that wraps up our our analysis, yeah, or I should say, Manny's analysis. 
But I uh, hope you guys enjoyed. Don't forget to follow our Instagram and Twitter at BarTap Podcast. You may or may not get a follow back if you like you or not. And you could you could find us on soon Apple like iTunes podcasts, and you can find us on SoundCloud right now, the Bar Tab. Well, that concludes. We'll be back to you soon with another episode. But until then, Avida Zay, goodbye. <laughs>